0: Welcome to Hound Tooth Heroes yet again. Brought to you by the good folks at Druid City Brewing Company. Programming Note. If you'd like to sponsor us, we're wide open. Send us some of whatever you're trying to foist on people, and we'd be happy to mention it. We don't even care if it's toxic. Speaking of toxic, I'm Greg and he's Ellis, and we are coming to you live as hell from Nashville, Tennessee, and Taos, New Mexico. If you're new to the pod this year, we should warn you that we are drunk. What's in your class, Metsy?
1: Gregory, I've got a nice one tonight. Something I first discovered with you at a wonderful bar in downtown Atlanta. It is a Sour Monkey from Victory oh. Brewing. Oh, it's excellent. It, it puckers the mouth just in the right way, just the way I like it to be puckered. It's good stuff. <laughs> how, about you, how about yourself?
0: <laughs> well, um, I don't know that I can top a pucker uh delicious ballast point pineapple sculpin uh Mm. but you can only have a couple of those i've got a uh, little ice chest of the standby motor light sitting beside me uh ready to go uh anyway um let's get this party started shall we
1: yes let's uh before we dive in too quick i'd like to give everyone a, a brief overview with five things you should know about us your boys uh, in case anybody's new to the pod, which is obviously not the case, hey, hey, listener, Fred, thanks for joining What's us up, again. What's Fred? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh, uh huh. First and foremost, we are two graduates from the University of Alabama. I was social chair of my fraternity. Gregory here, meanwhile, was a choir boy whose demure and studious Ooh. affect made him a favorite among the Gorgas librarians. Uh, uh, number two, this is maybe our fourth or fifth season. We're not sure. We started in an antebellum studio apartment in downtown Mobile uh, where we passed a phone back and forth to record ourselves talking Alabama football, and the quality has really only gone downhill from there. Look how Uh, far we've come. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We have, over time, accumulated a pretty impressive special guest list uh, with celebrities such as Druid City Brewing's own Bo Hicks, film breakdown expert Mark Jennings, And noted Gump diarist Charles Pond says here. So uh, stay tuned, because you never know who will join. Number three, we are the podcast for the more discerning Gump. I don't remember if we said that in the intro. Uh, And as such, it's important to state, and, and cannot be overstated, really, that Helen Mirren is the permanent sweetheart of the Houndstooth Heroes. Number four. We never doubted Eddie Jackson. We just need never. to say, no, we need to be on the record <laughs> that your boys here, in fact, never doubted Eddie Jackson during his time at the Capstone, or before or after, for that matter. Number five, we hate Tennessee, man. We They, they low down, they dirty, they some snitches, and they are, in fact, our school's biggest rival. Want that out there that as is, well before we get going.
0: All facts, all facts. Speaking of facts, when last we spoke, let's a little recap a little bit. Your boys were headed into the national championship. And you know what, Ellis? We won. We did win,
1: Gregory. And listen, I don't mean to tell you I told you so, but but oh, tell God. the listener, Fred, who was drunk texting you early in the second quarter to say that we needed to put an in. Yes, Gregory. That's exactly right. It was me. It was me
0: sending those texts. Fine, you win. You were, mm-hmm. you were right. You were sending the texts. But that does beg the question. Uh, given that we've got now two experienced quarterbacks. Who gets the start against Louisville? How long does he last? And what's the quarterback plan for this season, Alice?
1: Oh, Gregory, if there's if there's anything I hate as much as Tennessee on God's green earth here, it is a quarterback controversy. But the good news, people, is I don't think we actually have a quarterback controversy. Uh, Greg, Greg and I are on similar terms here, and I'll let you Sort of get into some of the uh, some of the opinion pieces, but I think it's important to note that Saban has a pattern over at least a couple of years now of of trying out quarterbacks in the first game. I don't think he comes in and a wants the other team to know exactly who his guy is going to be, and b has even fully decided who the guy is going to be without seeing them compete on the field. If you'll recall back to the opener last year in Atlanta against USC, that in Atlanta, that was in Dallas. Uh, yeah. One Blake Barnett. He of USF. Dream,
0: and he is dreamy. He, he is dreamy. Is dreamy. I wasn't dreamy. sure if
1: after he left, if he, if the dreamy oh, status ends.
0: No. He's still dreamy. He's just, he's just not good at his job, but he's dreamy. I know a lot of people who are really bad at their jobs that are still dreamy. <laughs>
1: you and me both brother uh so anyway one blake barnett no longer with the program but was the game one starter in 2017 gregory using that logic how do you see this play out next week
0: uh okay uh here's i think first of all you're balancing egos you got to uh you know they've both been you know threatening to transfer if they you know whatever uh and it's 20 year old egos who want instant gratification and playing time and you have to understand that you know you're Um, if, especially if you're Tua, uh, wanting playing time to, you know, capitalize on that for a potential career beyond, uh, Alabama. Now, uh, on the other hand, Jalen Hurts, uh, as quarterback has no potential career beyond Alabama, but he's a fine college quarterback. Uh, so I still think, um, eventually, I think, I I think we're going to start with both of them. Um, I think, you know, I think Jalen gets the start, but both guys play um and as you know my instincts are never wrong but by by that I mean they're always wrong but I think by the time you get to the Ole Miss game um which is probably the first real I mean I I, when we get to the Ole Miss podcast I'll tell you what I think Uh, I think Ole Miss is going to be a bigger test than people think but I think by then Tua is the starter Mm uh with that said what becomes of young Jalen what does he do
1: it's. I, I'll tell you what I perceive now, and that's that every time we mention Jalen after like week two, we're going to have to talk about what a great person he is. Great leader, Ooh. seems like a great human being. Lovely. And we, appreci- we appreciate his contributions to the university. Uh, I think you're exactly right. So by game three, Tua is the named starter. He is, he's made it very clear, I think, or will have made it very clear on the field that he's the dude, capital D, dude. Um, I do think Jalen gets the first snap. Wanna be on the record. Jalen gets the first snap. Tua will throw the first touchdown, and then probably the second and the third, maybe the fourth. Uh so your to your question, what becomes of Jalen? Uh, he is guaranteed, Coach Saban, that he'll stay on the team. So he's he's gonna be around. Uh I think there are opportunities in a short yardage situation. He could be some sort of slot back. And honestly, it's trick plays galore, which is, is music to my ears and makes my pants fit a little funny. Love the thought. Wish we still had Lane in the setup. Love the thought, though, uh-huh. of um of pulling out some tricks with Jalen and Tua on the field. Uh, if you aren't expecting some sort of flea flicker or pitch pass, then you will get burned and deserve to get burned in that situation. Uh, I, I just, if he's on the team... I don't think he will be totally wasting away on the sidelines. Uh but I do want to say again on the record that he's just a wonderful person and we appreciate oh, I his contributions. I
0: I'm to... probably he probably <laughs> reads he reads to children, builds builds oh. houses for the homeless. Oh fantastic person. Quarterback not some
1: No, yeah, you can't get him out of the children's hospital. But Right, exactly. But but he's not practicing his uh fly routes there. So that <laughs> like I said, I don't think he'll waste away on the sideline. But Gregory, speaking yes. of waste, uh, segue. I, I know how you love the creative and hilarious, and dare I say, genius segments I bring to the pod every year when we start over. Uh past favorites include What Are Those? and The Donkey of the Decade of the Week. Two two real fan favorites. Yeah, thank you. So without further ado, if you will, I would like to introduce my uh my new segment for the 2018 season. Are you ready for this? What the hell? Go. It's pretty intelligent. It is your weekly dose of rat poison. Uh really? it's going to be something every week that we've read and we feel like sharing. A a, a dose of rat poison. It'll be very pro tide most likely and uh something that we would never want our players to read because you know what a distraction can do to a team. Uh but I think I think being the well-read podcasters you and I are we can we can enlighten listener Fred here, All right. eh? All right, go. Don't sound too enthused. Uh, right. I think this week it's the 40 article, and I hope I never say that again the rest of the season. But did you read uh, – I don't know if he calls it the 40-yard dash anymore or whatever he calls it. Uh, did you read his piece about Alabama's place among as, greatest decades in college football?
0: As a discerning gump, I can tell you that I have not read 40 <laughs> since I began discerning. So you're going to have to, uh, enlighten us all about what it is you're talking about. This
1: <sighs> That's fine. Well, he, he's ranked, I guess, the top decades and not necessarily like 70 to 79, but 64 to 73. Um, okay. throughout college football history and ultimately concludes that Saban's current run is the best decade the sport has ever seen, which is the only conclusion to reach,
0: obviously. Uh, okay. Will... So let me, let, let me ask some questions. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I've got some contenders. Uh, there was Oklahoma in the fifties. There was Alabama in the sixties and in the seventies. Potentially uh, Florida. There, there was a fine ten-year run of theirs. Uh, and and yet he he felt this this Saban run is better than all that.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. I obviously don't have the article in front of me, uh, but course. if I did, yeah. Uh, there's a Notre Dame run. There's a bunch – there may even be like a Minnesota run from way back. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I think that's the 40s, it, yeah. And so he gives a top five. The fifth he gives to Bryant's 60s. And interestingly enough, somebody commented and said uh, Bryant's 70s were better. And he uh, drew issue with one of the years mentioned and uh, a year that shall not be named. And uh, so ultimately went with the 60s. But – To have two in the top five and probably three in the top six, Uh, I'll give 40 props this time. There's also, as an additional side uh, appetizer of rat poison, uh, there's a wonderful Andy (laughs) Staples piece visiting Lane Kiffin down in Boca Raton that I would highly recommend.
0: All right. I've had my eye on that, and I need to take a look at it. But first of all, things to take a look at. Let's take a Mm. look at the Louisville Cardinals, shall we? Cardinals don't Um, have teeth. Right, exactly. They don't have teeth. In case you didn't know, the Tide will be taking on the Louisville Cardinals, which hail from Louisville on September 1st in the evening game, coming in hot, and I mean hot, from Orlando, Florida um, in early September. Of all the places in the world you'd want to be is Orlando, Florida in early September. I am sick to death that we've gone on and on about this, these damn preseason neutral site games. But if we have to do them Labor Day weekend, In Orlando, Florida, is pretty far down my list. At the bottom of my list, however, is the Duke Blue Devils in Atlanta, Georgia. And as luck would have it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Don't have Jam Lando Lando Fest high on your Labor Day plans, huh? Right. No, not so much. No, I don't think it's a thing. Uh, There is, I'm happy to tell you, light on the horizon. Our boy, your boy, my boy, uh, athletic director Greg Byrne, has scheduled some home-and-homes with marquee opponents in uh, like 12 years from now, notably right. Texas and Notre Dame. Let's hope we live long enough to actually see those games played out. Uh, looking at Louisville, let's let's take it to the game at hand, as we so often love to do. Uh, the Cardinals got back 11 starters this season from a team that finished 8-5. and five. Uh, They did have a bowl loss to a decent little Mississippi State team who was uh, recovering without their quarterback, but kind of on a high there at the end of the year. Uh, So, seven of those returning starters back on offense, led by last year's top three receivers, whom we will talk about. Yes. And four on the offensive line, which uh, is never something you want to see as an opponent. And, Gregory, those receivers, they've been talking. Who was that guy? Oh, 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 the talker.
0: Des Mm. Fitzpatrick quite the talker Uh said something like and I well I'll, I'll just read it to you every receiver in our receiving core can beat up every one of their defensive backs in one-on-one coverage I feel like just straight talent wise we have the upper he- edge and honestly okay well fact check that's sort of true uh, the Cardinals top three receivers caught 147 passes last year uh, for 20 touchdowns on paper The tide comes with defensive stats that can only include Shaheem Carter and Deontay Thompson, neither of whom were regular. Shaheem,
1: we need you now. We need you now. And I can only imagine what brilliant and, uh, I don't know, evil genius type things Scott Cochran has done with this quote. So very excited and hope that leaks. Uh, As you mentioned, however, the Louisville receivers are due some respect. They are big AF. Uh, uh-huh. One one by the name of Seth Dawkins. Related. Yeah, okay. Wanted to make sure. So Jalen Smith, Seth Dawkins, the aforementioned Dez Fitzpatrick are 6'4", 6'3", 6'2", respectively. They also have three tight ends on the Cardinals with teeth team, two of whom are 6'4", and another at 6'6". That's probably my relative there. I'll find out. Right, uh, probably. So, so the Cardinals will have many, many size advantages. Uh, the problem, however, is going to be behind that experienced offensive line where they lost uh, Heisman winner Lamar Jackson and are hoping that he can be replaced by a highly regarded recruit by the name of Jawan Pass. Gregory, a little, a little fun fact about Jawan. He goes by Puma. Puma Pass. His name is Puma, Puma Pass. pass. I Puma think that's, Pass. That's like the name of the cute little trail at the Nashville Zoo when you want to take the Yeah, you take the Puma Pass. Uh, Puma Pass has thrown 33 passes in his college career. Uh, he is also a big dude. It, it's looking like there's no one under six foot on this entire team, which is probably normal. Uh, but a he is a big of boy. A team of Giants at 6'4, 220 ish. Uh, So, they may in fact have the edge in the receiver DB matchup, Uh, but here's where I think we may be okay, because if Puma don't have no time to pass, Puma can't pass, and I right. don't think he will, Alabama will stop the running game, which is, um, is that a given? Let's call it a given. Yeah. Um. And, and that'll leave Louisville's offensive line with the daunting task of blocking 6-7. 316 pound Rayquan Davis to say nothing of the LeBron Ray tar pit and the Alabama defensive <laughs> line along with linebackers, very speedy, very big linebackers, Mack Wilson and named him after a man of the cloth, called him Dylan Moses shooting on them gaps.
0: Yeah, that's all correct. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, four starters are back from a defense, that allowed 388 yards per game last season. I can't imagine that that bodes well for their defense against an offense that is absolutely stacked at running back. They abs- And I did a little bit more, more research this afternoon about their defense. They were particularly weak against the run, uh, which obviously is a strong suit with a three-headed monster in our backfield. Um, so um, I really see Alabama picking up at least 500 yards on Saturday night. But honestly, that's kind of become the norm. Everybody says Alabama's in a D first team. Uh but if you check the stats, Alabama's led the conference in offensive yards and the saving years more often than not. Um another bit of information. Mm. Louisville's defensive coordinator is Brian Van Gorder, the stash himself, who's enjoyed less than productive tenures at Georgia, at Auburn, at Notre Dame, and at Beats Nightclub in Mobile, Alabama. And there is a story there, <laughs> shall we share it?
1: Oh, Gregory! I knew this was coming. Uh yes. Yeah, so okay. uh, Brian Van Gordon, Gorder, as you described, uh, is a recognizable guy, right? And yeah. uh, when Senior Bowl rolls through Mobile, Alabama, every February, uh, it's it's not a thing to be out at the bar and see NFL dude after NFL dude after NFL dude come through. Uh, many of whom are famous. We saw we saw. Okay, I, I don't know who did we see. We saw Mike Price. Well Del,
0: well, Del Rio, well, we saw Del Rio, saw Del Rio was, that's right. He was an ass.
1: Like he does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just an ass. Uh, yes. And there we were at Vietz one night. Why? Anyway, there we were and looked across the bar and our eyes were immediately captured by that that stash that is unlike any other. So we, <laughs> we knew immediately that Brian Van Gorder was in the house. And by that point in the evening, I knew immediately that I had to go talk to Brian Babe Gorder, <laughs> which I did. Uh, and how do we want to tell this, Gregory? Uh, well,
0: okay. Um, let's just say at an NFL event in, uh, Senior Bowl for Inmobile during that time frame, it is, there aren't a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of men is what I'm trying to say here. There are no females. <laughs> Generally wandering around the halls of the downtown uh, watering holes uh, during the senior bowl there's just not a whole lot to be found, which honestly ladies that's on you i mean there's i mean it's a target rich environment and you stay home so that's really your fault, but that's not the story here. The story here is Brian van gorder uh wanting to get out and about
1: he had, he had one thing on his mind there was one topic he was willing to discuss, and that was where he could find a certain thing and uh,
0: yeah, I think we steered him in the right direction people. <laughs> Brian van Gorder was on the prowl is what we're trying to tell you, ladies and yeah, gentlemen yeah. so so I believe we steered him to the um uh, appropriate um clubs that gentlemen may go to um gentlemen clubs, if you will uh so I'm hoping Brian van Gorder had himself a night.
1: I'm sure there were plenty of lovely uh you know, Spring Hill College <laughs> girls
0: down there. Exactly. <laughs> anyway,
1: anyway, Gregory, speak, while we're on uh, the, the subject of our outlaws' natures, before we get to the betting portion of the program, let's, let's address a question I'd like to ask. What is that question, Alice? Let's go ahead and get your predictions for whom, who, who will be playing in the college football final uh, in Santa Clara, California this year.
0: Okay. Yes. That is a fun question. And I'm glad you asked it. And here's my answer. Um, all right. First of all, the general consensus is Clemson is going to make it. And I honestly don't know how they don't. Uh, they don't play Miami, uh, who I don't really buy anyway, but they do avoid them. Uh, they do have Florida State in Tallahassee. And I don't know what Tallahassee going to bring. You know, they have Willie Taggart as a new coach. Um, they were a disaster last year, but Florida State really is Clemson's only test. Uh, I'm not buying a first-year uh, Jimbo, Fisher, Texas A&M team that they get next week, so I think they handled that. And the only other potential trouble spot, and this is weird, is Boston College, which everybody seems have to have as their sexy upset special. Uh, and BC does, in a weird way, end up beating one good team every year and nobody knows why, but they do. Uh, so a lot of people are having Clemson as their, uh, their trophy this year. I'm still not buying. I think Clemson has entirely too much. Their, uh, their defensive front seven are as good as anybody's ever seen in college football. Uh, so I think Clemson makes it, uh, and I think they make it pretty easily. I do think the tide makes it. Uh, Mm -hmm. first of all, the schedule for us is, uh, is really, is compared to the ones we've had. This is ridiculously easy. Auburn is really the only threat until the championship game and Auburn's at home. Uh, so I feel like that's, you know, we, we have to, we get to avoid the voodoo magic of Jordan here. Uh, so I feel like that's, I mean, if we can get through the championship game, I feel like we're good. I think a Big Ten team makes it. Um, and if you're, take, and if you're paying attention, the Big Ten is loaded this year. Wisconsin, Sparty, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State all have top 10 potential. Speaking of Ohio State, God, do we hate them right now or what? Um, Um, What can I say
1: about Urban Meyer that hasn't already been said
0: about the corpse of Tammy Faye Mesner? Exactly. Uh, Back to the playoff. (laughs) The fourth team really depends. I think if Wisconsin gets into the Big Ten championship game undefeated and loses close, I think they get the fourth spot if they get blown out. I think it's Washington. I'm not sure what happens between them and Auburn, but we'll talk about that later. But if they pull it out, barring some weird Pac-12 after dark shit, they should be looking pretty good around playoff time. They still have Jake Browning, and he is a damn fine quarterback. So I, that's my four. Um, I'm going to go Clemson, Alabama, Big Ten. I don't know who. Uh, I think it's. I, I don't think it's Michigan. I think. It, I think my. I think I had to pick one. I think it's Sparty, and then either Wisconsin or Washington. What about yourself? I'm just happy and excited to see 12th year senior Jake Browning
1: leading Washington again <laughs> after uh, those three major degrees he's pulled off. Uh, I have bad news, and I haven't delivered this openly to anyone yet, so I don't know how it's going to be received, but I think it's bad news. Uh, I think we see the exact same four teams we saw last (laughs) year. I think it literally ends up, and hopefully the order is different. I'm going to put Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Oklahoma 3, and I think we see a second SEC team sneak in again In the form of the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Alabama, what I think probably as likely as Alabama and Georgia play each other in the SEC championship game, and the loser makes it in. I don't know. I don't know how it all pans out. Uh, I do think there's a decent chance Ohio State makes it, which would just be uh, gross to watch. But um, I'd
0: see a repeat. What would that do? I think that blows everything up.
1: Uh, and think, it's oh, well, why we I, can't I, have nice things, basically.
0: Right. I mean, everybody's pissed no matter what happens. Until everybody, until all 128 teams get in, get in the playoffs, <laughs> nobody is going to be happy. So, you know, whatever. At some point, as long as we're in, I just don't give a
1: damn. Yeah, that's fair. wonder what Tammy
0: Faye <laughs> Messner <missionary> thinks. <laughs> God, you're the worst. All right. I suppose we should move on to the thing we do best, and that is hate. A solid lineup of games this week, and one of which – uh, you could lose your house on. Frankly, any of which you could lose your house on. Um, we're in the same boat. We don't know. You know, we're here one day, homeless the next. We're here to help. Let's take a look at the Southeastern Conference games that matter this week.
1: Games that matter this week. Yes. And uh, starting with the game you just mentioned, <laughs> in the ATL, the Washington Huskies yes. versus Husky Dogs versus the Auburn Barn Eagles. Who you hating, Gregory?
0: All right, Auburn is a point and a half favorite. Um, here's the th- here's the deal: Barn is zero and nine against top ten teams outside of Voodoo Hair Stadium. Uh, so you know, if you if you get Gus outside of the weird place, he's not particularly um, fantastic. Uh, so with that in mind, I, th- I think the under is the play here. To be honest. I think, that even though they both have great quarterbacks, both of their defenses are filthy. Uh, and I am, but nevertheless, we're not we're not arguing about unders and overs. I am winging this. I am going to hate the barn. I think. And I think Washington manages. This may be a one point game, but I think Washington manages just a couple. You, oh,
1: Gregory, I, <laughs> I
0: I woke up this morning chomping
1: at the bit to hate on a husky. Which is a wonderful dog and a delightful creature, uh, but I just – I think they will be completely overmatched talent-wise. Uh All that said, the more – as the day has gone on, and I've given so much time and thought and energy into this podcast and, and the things we would discuss <laughs> – um Huskies are really, they really are delightful animals. And more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, the barn has such a history of starting slow under Gus Malzahn. Uh, you pointed out the 0-9. I i haven't done the math, but I would venture a guess that a lot of those games are early season. Obviously, they went to Clemson last year uh, and put up a fight there. But, um, oh, you know what? I'm going back again. Hating a husky. God love them. You're hating? They're adorable. I'm, I'm going back. I I know it I know it, but damn it, they're going to be so overmatched. I think the SEC speed. God. I know I had to. I okay. just popped a right. vein. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. I'm I'm gonna Auburn's gonna cover probably by a touchdown.
0: All right, uh, West Virginia versus your Tennessee Volunteers. Hey. Uh, hey, look, I am not, I am not, I don't, I didn't move to Phil neighborhood to be closer to <laughs> Come on, come on. Some of some people it like, did. This I was It wasn't me. Well, whatever. Then, hey, Fred, looking at you. Uh mm-hmm. Tennessee is getting ten points from the nears. I don't know where this game is. I don't know if it's a neutral site or if it's up in Bristol or somewhere in the backwoods in somebody's yard. I don't give a damn. Anyway, uh who are you hating in this battle of the hillbillies?
1: You could really go. There's a lot of names for this game, but I'm not sure I want to do this to, to myself, <laughs> frankly. Uh, yeah, and I think the game is in Charlotte. I, as you started talking, I was about uh, to tell you it was in Bristol. That, that, I think it is in, that fact in Charlotte. That does make sense.
0: Okay, which I mean,
1: seems like, but I don't want this to be a compliment. Tennessee could very likely begin and end their season in Charlotte. But isn't the Belk Bowl decent? I think, I the, think, Belk Bowl is, I think the
0: Belk Bowl is above Tennessee. I think that's a Mississippi State.
1: No, right? yeah. I don't think we want to see them in the season in Charlotte, nor do I think we will see them in Charlotte. Uh no, you'll I, you'll see
0: them in your backyard in, in Nashville, Tennessee, Mexico City
1: Uh yeah, good. All right. You heard it here first. Uh mm-hmm. I am hating a vol real hard and cannot wait to watch it. It is gonna be the ugliest fans in ever gathered in a single place in America. And uh I think the ones that wear inside puke of a pumpkin orange are going to be so embarrassed. I think West Virginia covers the ten point spread easily. of hey, all.
0: I have another. Re- I'm I'm agreeing with you here, but I have, I have several reasons. Number one, I'm low key behind West Virginia as a national playoff. Hey, contender. I like I it. They have Will Gre- Will Greer is fantastic. West Virginia has a really really easy schedule. Uh, except the problem is it's backloaded. Uh, they're going to come in to. Playing, you know, teams like Oklahoma and whatever else, uh, the other big 12, uh, TCU are all at the end of their schedule. So they're going to be waltzing through this schedule eight or nine and oh, and hopefully by then they'll have gained some momentum and some confidence going into those games and Mike can make a game of those two other, you know, instead of getting waxed. like they usually do. So, but I'm very low key. I'm, I'm behind the, the Nears. I think Will Greer, uh, potentially is could potentially win the Heisman and I have another, um, frankly, ace in the hole. Their, uh, Mountaineer, uh, mascot.
1: Oh, yes. Has,
0: has been suspended for DWI. And so really, what's more West Virginia than that? It's perfect for them. Uh, and 10 is the biggest number. Uh, I am hating of all here. I think the Nears win 17, uh, 20 points.
1: Oh, it's, it's like, I wonder, I mean, I assume you just drive to drunk to near tryouts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you just drive everywhere drunk in West Virginia.
1: Yeah. Well, Why would you yes, ever be sober right.
0: if you're in West Virginia? I mean, everywhere you go, you drive drunk because you're in West Virginia. Where and then,
1: but if you're the school mascot, I mean, it's expected of you. He's just doing his well, job there.
0: They gave him the title. Take, and do you ever take that mascot uniform off?
1: No, no, obviously no. not. When that hat's on, I, I,
0: no, I wear it to the class. I wear it to class. I wear it to the bar. I wear that thing everywhere. And when I get pulled over from DWI, there I am. I'm the mascot.
1: Got it. We've got to see that mugshot, and I believe you can do it. One last West Virginia note. uh, Your boy Will Greer's wife, yes, married and maybe with child. Married Married? and maybe with child. Married. uh, Is on Twitter and a delight. She is hilarious. Okay. Yeah. she's Look her up. I don't know her name. One Uh,
0: thing we did did, did forget to mention is you can find us in addition to this Dynamite podcast on Facebook and on Twitter at H2 Heroes. So follow us if you don't already. Anyway, moving
1: on. The Facebook said they're not gonna let us share our tweets on Facebook anymore.
0: So the Facebook account
1: could be inactive huh. sooner rather than later. Moving oh, on to Houston. Speaking of speaking of inactive Facebooks, there in Houston is Ed Orgeron, the coach O, leading his Bayou Tiger Bengals, uh, who are three and a half point dogs?
0: Yeah. Reading that, right, Gregory? Yeah. Dogs. So, yeah. All right. People to the are rick right yeah, people are, people are, are biting on Miami and I am just not selling. I am not buying. Uh, here's the deal on that. Uh, two good defenses. LF, LSU might have one of the better defenses in the country this year. Uh, probably will one of the top two or three. Miami's also very good. Uh, flip side, two really bad offenses. I, I, I don't know enough about Miami's quarterback to know if he's new or not. I know LSU has the, you know, Rotating quarterbacks of new who could be anybody. I don't know. It could be you. It could be me. Uh, so st- stand by your phone. Uh, the play here is obviously the under and nobody going to score. But with regards to picking a winner, uh, I'm going to hate on a cane. I don't have a lot of good reason. I think it's going to be a low scoring game, like ridiculously low scoring, like 17, 14. And for some reason, I think LSU pulls it out. Uh, and with, so I think they, uh, they cover outright. I uh, again, like I said, no good reason, but that's, that's where I'm leaning. What about yourself? I am with you in that I have absolutely no good reason in my pick,
1: and I think you have probably uh, what you just shared is more research and, and thought than I've put into this pick. <laughs> Nevertheless, calling it my
0: hate of the week. Ah, oh, damn it. I didn't do hate of the week. Of it's the West, week Virginia. The
1: week. West Virginia. West <laughs> Virginia hating a Vol of the week. Oh, that's yeah. Sexy,
0: vol, vol is my hate of the week, yeah. Gregory, right, go that ahead.
1: is good stuff. Thank you. Uh I am hating the of the week the most on the canes. I think LSU will just run the damn ball. They'll do whatever they want. They they do what they do. They play defense, they run, and then they do embarrassing things when they try to move the ball vertically forward up the field through the air. I Correct. said I think I think all those mean the same thing. Um right. <laughs> so hating the canes the most. Gregory take it. Fair us home. enough.
0: All right, final game. Uh, the Louisville Cardinals, Cardinals don't have their teeth, versus your Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama is a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. The total in this game is 59. The, over the 59 is the play, but that's not what we're here to talk about. That is not what we're here to
1: talk about because, Gregory, we got trends, and let's check them. Oh. If you'll stretch right. back with me a few seasons, Louisville, Cardinals with teeth, is eight and O against the spread. The last eight times it's been lined up as a double-digit dog. Your Tide, meanwhile, is nine and one against the spread in the last ten games, week one. So in Sabin's career, nine and one against the spread. The total has gone over five of those. And I'm sorry, the total has gone over in five of those last seven games against the ACC.
0: Correct. And Alabama is 40 and O straight up in its last 40 games as a double digit favorite. Alabama is the betting favorite and the odds on fave to win the national championship again this reason and this season and probably deservedly so. Uh, Alabama's loss has won its last six openers all against quality programs by an average score of 37 to 13. Louisville, meanwhile, has one significant hold fill in offense. And an iffy defense, that significant hole being Lamar Jackson, Heisman Trophy winner. Smart money here, bets Alabama, but we've never been smart. Who <laughs> you hate, <laughs> Metsy?
1: <laughs> oh, Gregory. Um all right, let me start by saying two is gonna two is gonna get the offense rolling. I have full faith that this will be, as is widely predicted, so this isn't a hot take, uh, the best Alabama offense ever? Ever. Yes, it is a hot take ever. Um, I think I think the running backs as a three headed beast. Hold on, let will me stop be... you. Let me stop you.
0: You have just yeah, besmirched boy. the. You've besmirched the name of Lane Kiffin right there.
1: It pains me. It pains me so. Uh, Sit with and that. It's not... Sit
0: with that. Sit with that.
1: He's so he's so doughy and pudgy now. I just want to want to cuddle him a little bit. Uh, All right, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, No, but and it's not even that I have this great trust in Mike Loxley, though I do think he's sort of – when the offense was at its best last season, he was playing a pretty significant role there. So um, I just – I think the offense, yes, will score all the points. It's going to be great. Uh, Where the issue will arise is the defense. And if you'll go back with me, hearken back to Bobby Petrino's pre – Beautiful. Thank you, and the sound people we have here are just amazing um the pre pre motorcycle crash days uh two I guess that was maybe twenty ten and twenty eleven uh Ryan Mallet there in hogtown and a a couple of years in a row, Arkansas gave us every single bit uh we could handle and then some and and luckily pulled out a couple of close games, but Petrino had our number particularly on the offensive side of the ball that scares me a little. Until until uh the the uh what was the training day, is that training day?
0: Yeah, whatever is it was Is that called, the yeah.
1: ESPN show? Training Day show, which uh those smart internet sleuths of Bama Twitter as they do, uh took a screenshot that showed Sabin had already pulled out the twenty eleven Arkansas um what do you call that? Binder? Binder I guess. binder. And it,
0: it was yeah, I, well was I, I prefer three to times call it a dot. I prefer to call it a dossier really? because I like to think I'm James Bond.
1: Dossier is nice. Yeah, you think there's a P-tape? Is there a P-tape in that
0: well, dossier? God, there's <laughs> always right. a
1: P-tape. Petrino 100% has P-tapes out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, I I think I think the defense will be a little better. I mean, I'm, I'm very pessimistic about it, but due to the dossier, I'm giving a little bit of credit. I think the defense comes – ready to play enough i'm i'm speaking specifically about the defensive backs the linebackers are going to be incredible i'm going to go mmm i'm going to go 41 14 tied can you do the math what does that put us at 41 14 is 27? 27 no it's 17 i think 17 no, it's i think
0: okay All right. it's 41 17 is 27 points
1: <laughs> okay whatever you say so I'm going with that.
0: Okay, that's your gut. Okay, who am All I right. hating? Um, okay, uh, you're hating. You end up hating on Louisville, okay, because it's twenty-seven, which is more than twenty-four. My God, blonde people can't do math. All right, are you done talking? Can I talk now?
1: <laughs> Would you please?
0: Because <laughs> you've really failed. All right, I think Louisville is going to score some points. I also think Alabama is going to be able to score at will. Uh, I think twenty-four is about right. I think. But I think we're also into our third string quarterback before the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just third string quarterback. I think we're into some third string, a lot of people, uh, well into the fourth quarter. So if, because of that, I'm not sure we cover 24 and a half. Uh, I do think the overheads, like I said, so I on the spread alone, I'm hating the tide. Uh, but I just, I, I still think this is a game that is not as close as it appears. Uh, I think the tide probably scores. 48 points. I think Louisville probably scores 30, but I think, you know, with the starters in, I don't think Louisville scores more than 14, 17. But I think in the fourth quarter, they probably pick up some points. I think this is going to look a lot like uh, the Penn State game when we went to State College. Uh, we were just beating the hell out of them. We put in at the, at the end in garbage time, Penn State. I didn't think Penn State was going to even score. Uh, and I don't think anybody in the building did at the end garbage time Penn State ended up scoring I think ended up covering. I think that's going to be a lot like this. Uh we're going to put in some reserves at the end of this game and they're going to score two touchdowns and end up covering. Uh but at the same time this game was never will be never be in doubt.
1: That I oh, I hope we get those third stringers in and I hope I all right I'm giving a prediction. We will have a key defensive player injured. Just see it coming. Oh, oh.
0: Why are you that That's way? a downer. Why?
1: That's a downer.
0: Okay, well, we're gonna end this program on that note, because that's how he rolls. Anyway, that's gonna do it for another episode of Hounds Tooth Heroes. We hope you were as miserable as we were. As always, thank you to Bowen Elliott and everybody at Druid City Brewing Company in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for always keeping us in the tastiest suds when you're in when we're in town. And you should do the same. Reminder, you can find us on Facebook, maybe. Uh, We don't really know, you know, uh, we're we're not into pyramid schemes, so we're probably not going to be on Facebook for long, but you will be able to find us on Twitter at h Tooth heroes Take us out, my brother.
1: Good takes, Gregory. I love you. Y'all be good. Roll Tide.
0: Roll Tide.